a link. But anybody else besides me love the book of Acts? I'll try it again. Anybody else besides me love the book of Acts? <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's powerful. There's healings. There's deliverance. There's baptisms in water. There's baptisms in the Holy Spirit. It's just the most incredible, amazing book. I, I love reading the book of Acts. But then sometimes in regards to Acts, if you've said this to me, don't, don't worry. I don't judge you on this. But I hear comments that go something like this. Why don't we see what happened in the book of Acts happen any longer? I hear something like that or something similar to that. And I'm just being honest with you. Again, this isn't to hurt anybody's feelings, but I am so confused by that comment. Because I have witnessed these types of things happening on a daily basis. And not just like recently. I grew up in a family where his move, the move of the power of the Holy Spirit, has always been a very comfortable and familiar part of my life. Just this week, I had an individual come. He'd been away from the, year for, uh, away from the Lord for years. And he was powerfully gripped by the presence of God while he was driving. He's just kind of driving. Again, been away from the, from the Lord for a few years. And he's like, God, why don't I experience your presence? The Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. He starts shaking. He starts crying. He's been in my office actually the last two weeks. This time, he and me and Jesse were right here. Right here, we did a little triangle. Because don't you know where two or three are gathered, there's the Lord in our midst. So we're having communion together. We're laying hands on him. We're praying for strongholds and and, and different things like that to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. That happened just this week. Or or last week, there's a pastor I've been mentoring for, I don't know, three years now. The first When we first started talking, he he was even like the Holy Spirit wasn't even kind of part of his vocation vocabulary and this last week i was sitting at my desk he was standing at the door and he says you know dan i want to pray for you again this is someone who's not who's just kind of new to all this kind of move of the holy spirit kind of stuff and he says i'm going to pray for you and he starts praying he goes you know what i feel like the lord wants to say this to you I'm not going to tell you what he said, but the guy starts prophesying over my life. Someone who three years ago didn't even know if he believed in that said so he's prophet and then we got done he said amen and i looked at him and he looked at me we're like, yeah, that just happened. <laughs> or we're in Nashville. Um, uh, Thirteen of us were in Nashville for the national conference. And when we were there, we met a guy from Montana. And this man from Montana started giving this class on healings and deliverance and those types of things. And he's a chaplain in Montana as well. And he told us the week before, he had a call, a chaplain call for a dead baby. He goes to this house where just a traumatic, awful scene of this baby that they had just lost. And he prays for the baby and he tells us the baby came back to life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I, I've witnessed these things in my family alone. You know, Mary, have you seen her the last year? Have you seen And most of you guys know this story. Last May, right? She's in Israel. She's in a hotel room in Jerusalem. And she's prayed for by these other ladies, these wonderful, powerful women of God. And the Spirit just unleashes on her like never before. In fact, it was such a dramatic, overwhelming, powerful way that she begins to pray in a heavenly language. And now she can barely turn that thing off, church. We're at Tre- Trevin is here somewhere. We're at Trevin's baseball game the other day. And Trevin's up at bat. And like any good mother, while he's up at bat, she's just like, about the sailor, about the son She's just praying, praying, praying. Many of you came this morning. Raise your hand if you came this morning for the prayer time with Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom, he's alive, church. He's alive. A couple months ago, he had, do you remember that? A couple months ago, he had just weeks to live. Weeks to live. And that, and that chemo came in, and it's, and it's working, and now he's able to, to go into the next thing. And the next, he has this kind of another fork in the road coming up in a week or two with another diagnosis. And we're just praying, Lord, would it be your diagnosis? Lord, would you come in? Would you be the great physician? Would you heal him right now? And that's what we believe every time we pray. Lord Jesus, for Pastor Tom, but also for this region, for Seattle, would you do something glorious and wonderful and miraculous in our brother Pastor Tom? And I'm believing in faith that that's
that's what Jesus is doing in him. So I just want to read a couple of accounts from the book of Acts. I'm not going in depth like I normally do. I'm not doing the verse by verse thing. It's just an overview. And then I've asked a couple of people to share what the Lord is doing. And then it will be good. All right. Book of Acts. Chapter one. Jesus. Verse four. He was eating with his disciples. He gives them this command. You guys have all heard this before. He says, do not leave Jerusalem. But what? Wait. Man, that's hard. <laughs> I'm kind of a fast-paced guy. So um, waiting is like, what are you talking about? Who's freaking about their sabbatical? Yeah, that's me. All right. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Did that ever happen? Did, did that, yeah, and that's actually in what chapter of Acts? Second chapter of Acts, one of the best Christian bands of all time. Second chapter of Acts, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound blowing like a violent wind came from heaven, fills the house. They see what seems like tongues of fire separated and kind of resting on their heads. All of them, say all of them. We gotta get this. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. However, some started hearing about these other tongues and they just make fun of them. Like, wow, like somebody has gotten drunk, right? That's what they think. Somebody is drinking too much wine. And so then they have to come together and Peter stands up with the other eleven. He raises his voice. He says, fellow Jews. And all of you who live in Jerusalem, I gotta explain this to you. Just listen to what I have to say. These people, they're not drunk. He says, you know why? No, it's only nine o'clock. In the morning. Now, this is what was actually spoken by what prophet? Joel, right. And he quotes Joel. He says, in the last days. Did you know we're in the last days, church? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Would you just say all people? Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your old, your young men uh, will see dreams, uh, visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, on everybody, I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I'm going to show wonders in heaven above. I'm going to show signs in the earth below. Blood, fire, billows of smoke. The sun is going to turn to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Would you say this with me? And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Say it one more time. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Peter keeps on talking. They're cut to the heart. They're like, Peter, man, what do we do? Like, uh, what, what's the next step? And Peter says, you know what you're going to do? You're going to repent and be baptized. And not just a couple of you, but every single one of you. And what in the name of Jesus Christ, how powerful is the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. And then you begin to read, and there's this incredible spread of the good news. Do you remember how many were saved that day? Starts with a three. Three thousand, good job. It was either three thirty, three hundred, three thousand, or three million. We're picking with three thousand. All right, and this group of believers, this kind of gets you excited. You're going to see it in Acts chapter 2. You're also going to see it in Acts chapter 4. They just start meeting together. They're gathering every day. You remember that part? Breaking bread together, singing together, praying together, listening to teachings. They're even selling stuff. Hallelujah. They're selling fields. They're sell, selling boats. They're selling possessions. They're giving to one another, meeting each other's needs, praising God every day. The numbers of their group is adding every day, increasing every day. And then this is what really gets me going, especially with what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. You begin to see the same power and authority that you see with Jesus over the first five chapters of Luke. And I get it. We've been in Luke for like a year and we've only gone five chapters. But you see, the, well, you know. Before the Lord comes, we will finish this. I, well, maybe not. Actually, maybe not. But <laughs> let's be realistic. We don't want to, you know, okay. So Jesus, 
I don't know. Maybe I just got to go fast. Last week, I'm just, I'm just, we'll just take a time out for just a second. I did six verses, and I was like, I could have spoken for six hours on just those six verses. But I'm trying. Maybe when I come back, I'll be like, okay, one chapter a week. She laughs. But power and authority. Did, did, you, did you catch that in the last six months as we've been walking through that? That there is power and authority in the name of? Right? Power and authority in the name of? So Jesus, he operates, he ministers in Luke. In the name of Jesus, because he is Jesus, but he comes in and he operates in power, but also in authority. The amazing thing that you see in Acts is now these disciples, these followers of Jesus, they minister and they operate what? In the power and the authority, what? In the name of in the name of Jesus, you see that Peter and John, they pray for this man, this man. He's been taken to the gate every day. They, they put him down, set him down on a mat, and his job is to beg for money. And so the man, this day, he's begging for money, doing what he does every day. He asks Peter and John for money. And what do Peter and John say? They go, well, actually, we don't have any money, silver or gold, we don't have. But we do have one thing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Walk. Walk. They, and I love it. They're just so bold. They take him by the hand. They, they help him up to his feet. Instantly, the man's feet and his ankles, they're strong. He jumps to his feet. He begins to walk. And then uh, he goes with them to the temple courts. And I love, don't you love it when there's a healing that it's not just kind of a healing, but it's like a healing and then you take it to the next level. Like he wasn't just walking church. He was jumping. I'm jumping. He was jumping for the Lord because he was radically touched by the power and authority that comes in the name of Jesus. Amen. But of course, with every great move of God, there's also a great move of opposition. Have you noticed that in your life? Have you ever had that great victory on a Sunday night and then Monday morning just boom? Have you ever had that happen where you just like, I believe in you, God, I'm giving you everything for you, and I just trust you, and I'm going for you, and then you get that report. Boom. With every great move of God, there's a great move of opposition. The apostles are arrested. John and Peter, they're, they're flogged, and then they're let go. But they're ordered, this is hilarious, they're ordered to never speak in the name of Jesus again. Ordered to never speak in the name of Jesus again, and so the Bible's over. (laughs) Oh wait, no, that's not what happened at all. Verse 42, day after day in the temple courts, from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. They never stop. And then we all know the story of Stephen. Stephen, that's a tough one, right? Stephen, he gets appointed to take care of the widow's. You flip a page and the poor man is dead, right? It's just a tough, tough, tough assignment. But do you remember what happened to Stephen? Do you remember how Stephen expressed that spirit? And and by the way, when he was appointed, they appointed him because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And full of the Holy Spirit, do you remember what he said as they were killing him? He said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Full of the Holy Spirit. How could you even do that besides being full of the Holy Spirit? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Right? You, you know what it's like to be in your flesh. You know what it's like to live in your body. How could you even say that except by the power of the Holy Spirit? And so he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit and do not hold this sin against them. Crying out much, by the way, in the same way, in the same words that Jesus said at his death. The Bible says on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles, they were scattered. They were scattered throughout Judea, scattered throughout Samaria. But then read a couple more verses. One, two, three, four. Get to four. What happens? Those that are scattered, those who are scattered, what did they do? What did they do? You know? They preached the word. Everyone say that with me. They preached the word. Say it one more time. They preached the word. And they preached it wherever they went. 
Don't you love that when Satan thinks he has a plan, he's got this little scheme together, oh, I'm going to persecute them, I'm going to scatter them. Little did he know he was fanning the flame for the great revival that was going to happen in this earth. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit could not be silenced. Again, we don't have time to talk about everything, but Philip, you remember Philip, it says, For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. Many who were paralyzed or lame, with his ministry they were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Aren't you ready for Edgewood to have some great joy in this city? Praise the Lord. Philip ministers to this Ethiopian official, kind of a high up uh, official. He's riding in a chariot and he begins to minister to this guy. And this guy's like, well, I need to get baptized. They're riding in the chariot. They see some water. Whoa, horsey, we got to stop because there's water. I'm getting baptized. Then we know from the book of Luke's uh, book of Acts, there's a guy named Saul. Remember Saul, not King Saul, but Saul, who like had a passion to kill Christians. Saul, who at the a stoning of Stephen. Do you remember Saul? He was the one standing there approving of his death. In fact, the Bible says, there's great descriptive words about Saul. It says that he was breathing murderous threats. He was zealous. He was full of passion. His aim was to persecute and arrest Christians. Do you know why he was on the road to Damascus? He was on the road to Damascus with a list of Christians that he was going to arrest and bring back to Jerusalem. And yet he was radically, praise the Lord, radically converted to Christianity. Paul gives hope for every single one of us on the face of this earth, even if you know someone who's right now breathing murderous threats against God and against Jesus. Did you know there's hope for that person? If there's hope for Paul, there's hope for them. And he was knocked off his horse. He was blinded. Do you remember that blind? Three days blinded. Acts chapter 9, verse 9. Three days he was blind. He did not eat. He did not drink anything. But then the Lord called Ananias to Saul. And poor Ananias is like, man, I don't know if I want to go to this guy. I mean, have you heard about Saul? This is the guy who's like really going against the Lord and the Lord's purposes. And yet here he is. Ananias, you need to go over. You need to place your hands on Saul. And this is what's going to happen. His sight is going to be restored. Oh, the bravery, the faith of Ananias. He comes over and he says, Brother Saul. And he might have been shaken a little bit. But Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and you may be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell off of Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. By the way, if you're a Christian here and you haven't been baptized yet, it would be our joy to have you get baptized. The Adventist church said that we could use their baptismal and it wouldn't even cost us anything. So let us know and we'll, we'll get it down here. We'll fill it up. We even have a heater so the water's not that cold. But put in a rubber ducky to make you feel comfortable. We will get you baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just like Paul. So Paul, Saul, he's, he just begins... He's preaching the gospel. We got Peter. Peter's preaching the gospel. We got Philip. We got these other guys preaching the gospel. Peter, there's this man who's bedridden for eight years. He heals him in the name of Jesus. Do you remember Tabitha? Tabitha, she's, what was wrong with Tabitha? She was dead. She was dead. And yet Peter comes and in the name of Jesus, she raises back to life. And then Caesarea. And do you remember Caesarea, Dave? Caesarea by the sea, a beautiful place. Next time we go to Israel, come with us and we'll take you to Caesarea by the sea. But there's a man named Cornelius, a centurion in the Roman army. And and he has this vision and it's very specific. Like, I I want these specific kinds of visions because it says there's a man, remember this, at the Simon the Tanner's house who's in Joppa and I need him to come over. So uh, sure enough, Cornelius has some guys go get Peter. Peter comes. Peter starts talking to him in his household, in Cornelius' house. He starts speaking. And it says, the Bible says this, while Peter was still speaking, so well, I'm just like talking to you guys and kind of telling you about the good news of Jesus Christ. It says the Holy Spirit came on all. Everyone say all. We got to understand this. All who heard the message 
Now, the circumcised believers, they're, they're like, wow, like, I'm, I'm kind of astonished at this gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not just being poured out on the Jewish believers, but now it's also being poured out on all these Gentile believers because we actually heard them what? Speaking in tongues and praising God. And so Peter says, well, like, what can stop us, right? Well, no one can stand in, uh, this is powerful, like, no one can stand in their way of being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he orders them that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It goes on and on and on. Baptized with water, baptized in spirit, people receiving healing, people being set free, people being delivered, a powerful, supernatural, miraculous move of God. And we just read Thursday morning, I think it's Acts chapter 14, verse 3. Paul and Barnabas. And I love Paul and Barnabas' journey. And I love how Barnabas kind of speaks for Paul because all the disciples are really scared of Paul. Remember that? They're like, isn't that the guy that was kind of, you know, against us? And the Barnabas, kind of, the encourager that he is, he kind of makes a way and stands up and vouches for Saul and brings him into the ministry. And they, and they have a time of ministry together. And here they are, Paul and Barnabas together, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And this next verse, if you could do me a favor this week, would you memorize this? It's so powerful. It says, and the Lord proved their message was true by giving them what? Giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. That just hit me this week. How beautiful it is. Isn't that great that we're not part of an empty religion? We're just not a part of it like an intellectual process or just kind of this intellectual cosmic journey that we're actually a part of a, a move of God, of His miraculous power on this earth, of the display of His power on this earth, that it actually involves signs and wonders. Aren't you thankful that you're not a part of an empty religion, but you are a part of the mighty, miraculous move of God? Again, the Lord proved their message was true. Did you know that our gospel is not just a bunch of empty words? In fact, I could screw this whole thing up and yet the power of God could still come in and move and radically change all of us. Praise the Lord. And by the way, thank you, Jesus, because half the time that's how I feel. But listen again. The Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. And I'm going to stop there. Don't have time to finish the book of Acts. We did pretty good there. But church, you must realize that what you find in the book of Acts, we still find and it still continues into this day we are living in the book of acts it's the acts of the apostles but it's so much more the acts of the holy spirit he's moving he's moving in powerful ways and not just moving in one way but in numerous various different ways have you noticed that isn't that special even the way he heals the way he touches people the way he speaks to people that you know you try to write the book and package him and put him in a little box and you know he's like the wind don't you love that? I just love that. He speaks in ways and languages to each one of us in ways that we would understand. As my dad used to whisper, he goes, Dan, he knows what you need to hear. He's going to speak in a language that you're going to understand. So from, a, from the early, I don't remember a time when I didn't have the confidence of hearing from the Lord. Because he speaks in a language that I understand. And he is. He's speaking in powerful ways, moving in powerful ways. And I want that for you. I, I just love the circles I've been in lately. I love the people I've been hanging out with lately. People that are just radical for the Lord. Just, just miracles morning and night. I, I love the people that the Lord has placed in my life. But I don't want just for some of them. I, I want that for all of us. I, just this summer alone. If this summer was a summer of acts, wouldn't that be fun? He just went on Facebook. You go, I am believing that this summer is going to be a summer of acts. Acts of the apostles, but acts. Of the Holy Spirit. Acts of the Holy Spirit. 
I want you to witness. I want, I want that for you. And again, I don't want to humiliate anyone. I don't want to shame anyone. I just, I want to help you as your pastor. I want to help lead you to a place just so you know it's already happening. Like we don't have to kind of stir it up and hope that maybe Jesus will do something. He is already doing something. We just got to have new eyes to see what he's up to. He's already moving, church. I don't know if you heard, uh, Northwest Church just announced their new pastor, Ben Dixon. I'm praying for him. I'm praying for his family. I'm praying for that church, the move of God in that church. God is doing something, church. So I'm going to bring some people up. All their stories are different. Maybe it's how the Lord has been working through reading the Bible. Maybe it's through a physical healing. Maybe it's a class that they took here on Sunday night. Maybe it's just the personal voice of God. But I wanted to encourage you, inspire you. I hope it motivates all of us to be open to the acts, the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Before they get up here, would you just prepare your hearts? Lord Jesus, this is family time. This is a time when we just sit together like those early believers. We sit together and we, we just give accounts of what you're up to. We give reports. We're sent out and we're, we're anointed with oil. We're hands, uh, laying on of hands. But then we're sent out. But then we come back. And we give reports of how you're moving in the land. How you're moving in our town. How you're moving in our families. How you're moving in our lives. And so, Lord, we're going to give account in this time. This is a holy moment. This is a, a special time in your presence. Of hearing from your sons and your daughters. About your move. The move of your spirit. Today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, well, would you please welcome Ryan Chavez to the stage? Ryan. Thank you, guys. Um, so I've got a two for one, so I'm going to make this really quick. Um, but just watching God move in my life recently, um, I went to a worship night at, at a friend's house. He's the worship pastor at East Point, and there was maybe 10 of us there. Um, in two hours, we maybe did three songs, which seems, seems like less than I would have planned. Um, but what was so cool about it is he goes, hey, like, we want to pray for healing. Who needs healing? And I raised my hand. Uh, I'm 24, and I have a terrible back, had a terrible back. Um, and I was like, guys, it hurts. Like, sometimes I lay in bed for 30, 45 minutes after I wake up. Uh, because my back is in so much pain. And he goes, we're going we're gonna to pray. And so they have me stand in the middle. Someone puts their hand on my back and, and goes, hey, I want to, you know, where does it hurt? I want to put my hand where it hurts. And I was like, you got it. Like right where you put your hand is where it hurts. And he made a joke and he goes, well, I went to Bethel College. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was, it was crazy i've only been a christian for like four years and this uh girl comes up and she puts one hand on my back and one hand on my front and as they're praying i just feel whoa whoa and i'm a little intimidated at this point and then i feel someone touch my feet and my feet get really warm um but my back feels the best it's felt in years it has been amazing um and with that um the other thing that was just absolutely amazing this week i was praying i was like god i feel like that's what you're telling me to share but he gave me one more thing so i just started a new job um amazing job very blessed to have it uh but i work with my dad if you know me i'm i'm not close with my parents uh my sister who's two years older than me pretty much raised me Uh, i come from an atheist household um 
But yesterday, as I was working, my dad was actually training me. Um, and God just hit me hard. That you need to love him, you need to forgive him. Um, and that, that he gave me a new vision of my dad. He gave me a new look at who my dad is, a new look at who my mom is, um, and a freedom from all of that that burden that I was carrying, all that resentment that I was carrying towards them. Um, and and I think a lot of it is I've spent so much time trying to be intentional about hearing God in the daily move. Um, I've prayed nonstop, like, God, I want to hear you more. I want to hear you more. Um, and I'm getting that. And and at first, when I was asked to, to talk about this, I was like, yeah, but in my head, I was like, even even earlier this week, I had a coffee meeting, and I was talking about all the amazing things I've gotten to do as I followed Christ, and um, at the end, I left, and I was like, what am I doing? It feels like I'm just bragging, but it's because I am so excited at what the Lord is doing in me. I'm so excited to hear what the Lord is doing with you, Um, so I would encourage you guys, like, share that. Share that. We want to hear it. We want to hear how God is moving, so thank you guys. Awesome. Amen. Thanks, brother. Trev, why don't you come on up? Trevin. Let's welcome Trevin. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, um, well, with Ryan, what he was saying is that um, we went to a worship night, and it was me and him, and uh, we didn't really know anybody. I mean, I didn't know anybody. I know he knew the, the couple of the guys, and... Um, it was kind of like a new environment walking into, and it was, you know, I was kind of like staying to myself, you know, being kind of, you know, quiet and by myself in the back, you know. And so I slowly started to open up, and as Ryan said, they'd asked for the healing time, and he said something, and it kind of just sparked something in me, and God was like, you need to say something and speak up. And so I did, and I told them that my I've had major back issues, like it just, there's like, my mom's told me before, like, at 17, you shouldn't be having these kind of back problems and, like, you shouldn't be in this much pain. And so I told them, and they were, you know, very opened up. And I sat down in a chair, and they prayed for me, and they, it was a really long time, and I was just in tears, and it was just a very hard moment, but it was, you know, very eye-opening, and it definitely healed me. And um, along with that, they also prophesied over me a lot. They were telling me things that many people have said over me in the past couple of years, but it's really like took a, you know, hard step on me. And I was like, I need to pursue this because, you know, I've had multiple people tell me and I, this is not something that I should stop and wait and see what happens. I need to pursue it. And so, um, and it's just, you know, really been eye opening and life changing and I'm, you know, really trying hard and doing all that kind of stuff. And it's been really good. And, uh, uh and my back feels great. It's one thing that, you know, but yeah, it's been good. Uh, Carol, is Carol, where's Carol? There you are. Come on up. All right. Well, if any of you saw me last week, I could barely stand. I was in extreme pain. And I thought, oh, boy, what's going to happen now? So I got the guts to get up when they were had the prayer warriors here. And they prayed for me. 
And uh, I went home and I felt better. Not great. Got a call from the doctors and they said no new fractures. And it all started when I had a fall. And so anyway, it got better. Now, <laughs> boy, I can wiggle and move. <laughs> and it all, it all started with two people. And she's not here, so she won't know I'm embarrassing her. Bobby and Ray Wright. Uh, Ray and I shared a birthday. And I saw, for the first time, people from LifeSpring. And it opened my eyes. She says, come on, come go. I haven't regretted it. This is this group of people are so nurturing. And all I got to say is thank you. I love you. And I keep telling everybody, come to LifeSpring. My daughter's in, in uh, Pasco, and she watches it on, on uh, that sermonette. And she's at work. She runs the ICU uh, telemetry in the evenings and that. And and so she she uh, they when they get it, she t- puts it on and and everybody's looking. So we're going all the way. Hi, Teresa. Here, let's wave to Teresa. She's over there. <laughs> she's she's watching right now, probably. So we'll just wave. <laughs> All right, uh, Grace Nagy or Nagy, Nagy, Grace Nagy, come on up. <laughs> it is Nagy, um, just in case anybody wants to know. I made notes so I wouldn't ramble. Well, when Dan asked me, I probably, I think I rattled off six or so things. I was like, yeah, I can talk about. Um, all of them either rebu- rebukes or corrections that have been happening in my life, but that's good. Because um, they were all things that I needed to be rebuked on or corrected on. Um, but recently, as I've been driving to work, I have a little bit of a commute, so I've been listening to sermons. Well, I just figured that's a good way to stay awake and learn something and spend time with Jesus. And Recently on one, I heard the pastor say something that I felt like I'd never heard before. I'd never seen it in the Bible before, so it kind of blew my mind. And it really challenged me because I was like, I hear this all the time. What do you, what do you mean that's not what the Bible says? How could that not be what the Bible says? And so I asked the Lord. I was like, what, what's going on here? I, wh- how is this? how is this not a truth? And and he goes, well, it's because it's a cultural norm you've accepted without question. I went, oh. So the question, what I have been, this is what it was. This is what I have been praying and what I have heard prayed thousands of times. I've prayed a thousand times. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. And that, that sounds great, right? I want more. Who doesn't? So I decided to say, okay, well, if that's, if, if that's wrong, what does the Bible say? John 3, 34, this is John the Baptist speaking, says, this is the second half of verse 34, for he gives the spirit 
without measure. Without measure. So it, that did not say he gives Dan a cup and I get a pound and Wayne, you get a teaspoon. It's, we all, we all get all. So if, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, what instead should our prayer be? If not, I want more because we already have it all. What, what else should we be praying instead of that? Because I don't know about you. I don't feel like I operate fully in the Holy Spirit all the time in all the gifts. I feel like I'm lacking. And so I was going, God, what, what do, what do I do instead of praying this? And well, wouldn't you know, John answers that earlier in the chapter. And in verse 30, he says, he must decrease. Nope, I lied. That's not what it says. <laughs> uh, it actually says he must increase. Oh. There we go. Yep, yep, yep. Not false doctrine. And I must decrease. So I think we can all agree that I must decrease. So my prayer has been changing. God, where do I need to decrease? Where, where can there be less of me so there can be more of you? Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. Good job. I, lo- I love that, Grace. I love the way that Grace processes through uh, her walk with Jesus. Uh, you are a gift, by the way, Grace. The fact that you are here, we are blessed. Uh, it reminds me of my wife because we talked about that often. It, was like, it wasn't like more of the Holy Spirit came upon her, but just she finally gave permission for the Spirit who was already there to truly have his way. And for my wife, you've heard her talk about it, there was certain areas she didn't want to give up that control. There's certain areas she just kind of wanted to uh, stay, you know, as God, really, if we're honest. And yet, and when she released that control, the spirit who was already there, you know, you can just see the spirit says, now we can get to work. Now we can do something. And it's just amazing how the spirit does unleash in powerful and beautiful ways when we say, I need more of you, that you would increase, that I decrease. So praise the Lord for that. Okay, we have a couple more, but before we go, we just turn to your partner to your left and say, God is moving, or your neighbor to your left. All right, say it to the right. God is moving. Amen. Amen. All right, Lori Koval. Let's welcome Lori to the stage. Proud of you. Okay, first of all, I'd like to say, where is that couch you had a couple weeks ago? Because that's That's really, this is scary. This is really scary. Um, um, One thing I didn't plan to say, but I just need to say is that uh, I think my story is that, you know, no matter how old you are, and that encompasses a lot of ages here, that God's not done with you yet, and he's not finished. And that the same thing is that, um, that we have a responsibility as older people to tell that younger generation, because they don't know anything of what we do and know, and we need to share that. And if you're, too, if you're here and you're young, then there's so much you can learn from us and from uh, what God wants to do in your life. So um, he said I could write it down. I noticed nobody wrote things down. It seemed like maybe thank you, Grace. But um, I, I will go blank if I don't read what I'm going to tell you. So, um, first of all, when Pastor Dan asked me to share, um, I thought it was important that I tell you just a little bit of where I came from because that was just a few years ago. And when I first came to Life Spring, I could say I was quite a mess. I didn't really know what to believe about God because I was so lost and I was disappointed. And it's probably because I was looking to man and not to God. I had been a Christian for almost 30 years, 
And the first time that I visited Life Spring, I really didn't care if I ever went back to church. And I was quite broken, but little by little, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and an invitation from Kathy over here, showed me, God just showed me how deeply he loved me, little by little. All the things that I thought I had to do before that, you know, to make him happy with me, he just started showing me that he loved me. And then this January, when our church began a time of prayer and fasting, um, I'm embarrassed to say, but I didn't participate in that. I don't know why I didn't. One day turned into another, and I just, I didn't. But, uh, wow, (laughs) I sure felt the effects of your prayers and your fasting because, don't laugh, but I went to Hobby Lobby one day, and I went to buy some kind of a decoration, and I came home with a, a New Life Application Study Bible. And the very next day or two, I can't remember now, I got an invitation to read through the Bible in a year. And um, I admit that I've tried those before. Sorry, but I um, don't want to sound like a downer. But at first I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I always start out real excited. And then, you know, then pretty soon it becomes a check off the list kind of thing. You know, I read today. I read, but I got nothing, you know, out of it. And so anyway, but the wonderful part about this is that amazing things begin to happen. And about um, after I received that email, I started to read the Bible, and I would actually just read it on my phone in the morning. And the first thing, too, that uh, cracks me up is that I'm not a morning person. And everybody (laughs) everywhere says, you got to go to God in the morning. And I've always struggled with that. I just couldn't do that. And so anyway, um, because I wasn't a morning person, but the next thing you know, God would wake me up, and I couldn't go back to sleep. I could not go back to sleep. So he started that way, just a little gentle nudge. And then pretty soon I was so excited to read, and I couldn't wait for more. And a lot of times the Holy Spirit would put a worship song in my mind to, mm. to solidify, you know, what he was saying to me. And I would share that with the group, too. And my heart just changed for worship and to read the word, and it just came alive. Like I would have thought I was the first days of just being saved back 30 years ago. And... Uh, then there was a song that I think kind of describes where I was and what he did, and it's called Defender from Jesus Culture. Yeah. And it wouldn't be right if I didn't share you at least a song in this, this portion. Yeah. But uh, the, some of the words is, When I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me, and you re- reintroduced me to your love. You picked up all my pieces, and you put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. Praise will be my breakthrough. The psalm becomes my triumph. And worship is my warfare. My victory is in you. And this song is so significant to me because God didn't leave me. He pursued me and he shared with me the depth of his love. He picked up all my pieces and he's put me back together. And even when I didn't even know how broken I really was. And he put a song of worship and praise in my heart and a love for his word. And I really believe today he wants to do the same for you. And... I want you, and this is a free advertisement, but I want to encourage you today that it's not too late to start reading the Bible. And you need to join that reading, read the Bible. And it doesn't matter if you miss a day. It doesn't right. matter if you miss a moment. That The word is alive and well, and, and there's so much he has to say. And I want to tell you the one thing I haven't ever read in the Bible, and that was it didn't say you had to wait till January to start reading. Okay? So that's it. Amen. Lori. Just stay with it.
So it's true. So she shares a lot of worship songs. On because what's neat about the reading plan is at the end there's a section called "Talk It Over," and each day it's different people, but there's usually around five, six, seven people that will share some some of their insights. And a lot of times it's a worship song. But then yesterday she she what she shared was just a couple of verses on how we're saved by grace. And then she shared this. She said, "So thankful once again that nothing I can do will make me any more saved than what Jesus did on that cross." Thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of your love and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your Holy Spirit. Help us to tell others of this amazing love. So thank you again, Lori, for sharing. Praise the Lord. It's so encouraging. <laughs> um, Alan Kuykendall, would you come to the stage? Today. <laughs> Wasn't worship great this morning? Amen. I love the sitting there and just listening to the words that uh, that we sing. Just yeah. really uh, touches my heart, and my yeah. soul. Amen. I want to give kind of a plug to a class I've been taking. The next level, Kent Ross's class, the history yeah. of Israel. He's an amazing teacher. The class is just unbelievable. How we get to interact with each other how we get to share, how we look at things, how we believe, and it's just really helped me. It's helped me get back into the Word and just be saturated with God's love. I just want to say thank you, Kent. It's great, and can't wait for the next class. So, thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. And then uh, the last person, uh, all the way from Australia, uh, one of my most amazing meetings this week. Uh, I, I think we could have talked for hours. It just I think we were encouraging one another in uh, just how God is moving and, and the ways that God is moving. And I'm just really excited that she's here. She's only here for about a month and a half before she goes back. But would you please welcome Rebecca McGonigal. Thanks so much. Um, so over the past like month, I've been studying through the book of Acts and, um, there was just one morning where, um, I was just reading about all, I mean, the whole book about signs and wonders, but I was just reading about it and I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to see more of that in my life. And I just want to just, I'm so tired of just like hearing these Christian or just hearing people just read about this, but not actually like apply it. And I was like, I just, I need to do something about this. And so as I was just reading, um, I was just like, God, I just, I just remember surrendering that like day to him in that moment. I was like, God, I just want you to use me today, um, however you want me, however you want to. And um, I just remember him saying, okay, go to the beach. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went to the beach. I drove to the beach, and I just started walking along the beach. And then um, he pointed out this girl to me, and he's like, I want you to go talk to her, and I want you to go tell her that I love her. And so um, I just went up to her. And she was Hindu, and um, she believed in, like, multiple gods and everything. And I just started talking to her for, like, an hour probably. And, every t- like, the whole time God just said, tell her how much I love her, tell her how much I want her in my life and everything. And the whole time I just kept telling her this over and over again. And um, she didn't, like, accept Jesus into her life or anything, but it was just so cool to see her. Just her eyes were so opened. 
And she was just so, like, fascinated. And, like, I could just tell, like, she was falling in love with this God that she's, Jesus, that she's never heard about. And, um, yeah, just basically, I just think it's so crazy how when you do just surrender your day to God, surrender your week, just God will listen to that and he will tell you like things to do that may not be comfortable but um just be obedient to those things because you never know what is going to come out of it so yeah amen amen so um with that i i think the lord is definitely moving in a special way uh, and i'm excited about it and i'm excited for our next generation to um see that move in us wouldn't that be something that they wouldn't have to you know, try to, I don't know, I just think if you're, I don't know, I don't want to pick an age because I don't want anyone to get mad at me. Let's say if you're my age or older, that's safe. If you're my age or older, that we would model this well. We would model it well, what it, what it means to have eyes of faith. Remember as a kid, I, I always kind of was discouraged when older people, my age and up, when all they seemed to say was, what was wrong? Whether it was with their bodies or with their government or with taxes or with their neighbor. It was what was wrong. And I remember just as a kid, like, when I'm old, I'm going to be the most optimistic, joy-filled, happy. And I didn't know that person existed until I met Pastor Randy. <laughs> but i got to be honest, when I met Pastor Randy in January of 2010, that sold the deal for me. I needed that. I needed him. Beca- <clears throat> that was the Randy thing I just did there. That's funny. <clears throat> oh, that, that was, well, that was weird. But in my previous six years of pastoring, often I was made fun of <clears throat> because I always said Jesus was the answer to everything. And they'd say, Dan, we get that Jesus is the answer, but we need like a real answer. You know, like there was always like Jesus plus something. And, and I just feel like it's Jesus plus nothing. It's always Jesus. It always will. And I finally found a place where Jesus was enough. And, and I'm just thankful for that. But our kids need to know that as well. Because so often we come to our kids like, like Trevin, you know, and we just give them the rules. We give them the list. We tell them, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And we, we need to tell them, no, do this. God is speaking to you. God is on you. The prophet, the words that Trevin has been receiving, that God has a plan for you. God has purpose for you. God has intentionality. That our great passion in life as old people shouldn't be to tell kids not to run in church, but should be like run and leap and dance for Jesus. Tell them what they can do. And I just want to encourage you in that. And my little Ava, you know, as, as a nine-year-old, she did pray. And she prayed like that. And she was, yeah, praise the Lord. But that we model that for, for our, our next generation. And so if you're uh, older than me, or me and older, I, still, I think that's safe. Like, could we just model this? And, and, and if we're struggling with that, ask for new eyes of faith. He'll do that for us. Lord, just show me where you're working. I've had a hard time. Maybe my, my heart's grown a little bitter, or maybe I've, uh, the things of this world have really kind of bared down on me. But God, would you freshen just the, the waters, right? Would, would you just kind of uh, give it, it's kind of like a stale lake. Would you make it more like a, a fresh river? And, and Lord, just open my eyes to what you're doing in this land. If you're younger than me, 30 or younger, life is really hard. I get that. And there's disappointments and there's heartbreak. And I'm sure there's some of you that are in your 20s, you're just wondering if, you, if it's even worth it. You're wondering if you should even go on. 
And I just want to encourage you, he's worth it. He's worth it. You can cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. He's worth it. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's worth it. And what's been done to you, I get it. There's no excuse for it. It's evil. It's awful. It's terrible. I'm sorry that that happened to you. But young person, do not give up. Do not quit. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. And I get it. I just feel that. There's a young person here who's just wondering if they even would come back. I'm just telling you, he's worth it. Stay in. Stand fast. Hold fast. Hold fast in the Lord. Rebecca, would you pray for us? And church, just, will we be open to the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives and give him permission to move? But uh, Rebecca, would you, would you just pray for us? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, God. God, we just thank you that you're alive. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you're here with us, Father. We thank you that you want to be in our life and you want to just spend each and every moment with us. Father, I just pray that as we go into this next week that we would just surrender this week to you, Father, that you would have your way in our life, that you would do what you want to do, that you would say what you want to say through us, God. I just pray that our hearts would just be so open and just be so obedient to the call that you have on our life, Father. We thank you that you're with us every second, Father, that you will never leave us, that you will never abandon us, Father. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just praise the Lord? Yeah. 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 Woo.